time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Good afternoon, I'm Drew Posty, in for Jim Smalley this afternoon. Canadian farmers are expected to plant more oil seeds and fewer cereals and pulses in 2017. That's according to a market analysis prepared by Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. It projects canola seeded area to rise 3% to about 21 million acres. An even larger increase of 8% is anticipated for soybeans to a record 593 million acres. Rather, Durham area is projected to plummet 15% and lentils will be down 5%. Saskatchewan Pulse Growers is holding its regional producer meetings around the province this week. Provided the market outlook is Brian Clancy with Stamp Publishing. Part of his presentation compares income potential from pulses versus other crops such as canola and durum. Clancy says the numbers are good for peas. When you look at the gross income of peas versus durum or versus canola, it's just about at its three-year average, uh, that percentage comparison relative to those other crops. To me, that tells me that pea area will probably be little changed. And movement on peas has been phenomenal. Growers have, have lots of opportunity to sell what they've produced. So we're going into the period where they're making their planting decisions, coming off of a time when prices were reasonably good, but movement was really good relative to the size of the crop. As for red and green lentils? Red lentil markets are down from where they were a year ago in terms of value overall. Those ratios have fallen. Uh, ratios for them are now below their three-year averages. And in my mind, that discourages areas. So I'm looking for red lentil area to come down a bit. And also because of the slower pace of movement, the on-farm stock levels are building. So we're going to end up with a big carryout of red lentils this year. Green lentils, the story there is a little different. The ending stocks could be higher. That'll be mainly off-grade product. And anything that's good quality in green lentils right now is the grower bids are really, really strong. You know, they're in the upper quarter of their historic range probably what I would call decile nine territory. So they've only been higher 10% of the time uh, in history. So there's a lot of incentive there to stick with green lentils. So I'm looking for green lentil area to rise with a focus on large greens and uh, red lentil area to decline, but overall area in lentils to come off. Brian Clancy with Stat Publishing is providing the market outlook at the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Regional Producer Meetings being held around the province this week, including one going on right now at Queensbury Downs. From crops to cattle, the U.S. cattle herd continues to expand. More in this report from Gary Crawford in Washington. The latest USDA cattle inventory report does not show any signs of a contracting beef cattle herd and in fact, barring something really unforeseen, we will be seeing the herd expanding. Uh, moving forward. Expanding by a little more than many analysts had expected. USDA Livestock Analyst Shale Shagham says the overall cattle and calf inventory as of January 1st was 2% above the year before. Beef cows are up 3%. Beef replacement heifers up 1%. The number of cattle outside feedlots up 2%. Feeder cattle prices took a major tumble in the second half of 2016. Analysts were wondering how producers would react. Would they say, I'm pulling back, which I think some analysts may have been considering, or would you say that some of the breeding decisions had already been made? Shagam thinks that was the case, those decisions coming before prices started the downward slide. So Shagam says we will continue to see herd expansion and a lot of beef coming to market over the next couple of years. Gary Crawford of Washington. The first Ag Canada crop forecast of 2017 is no surprise in forecasting more canola and less wheat. Once real spring arrives, more and more farmers will be turning to drone technology for field scouting, especially farmers of a certain age group, as in younger like Scott Comfort. 
growing up playing video games, so if you can fly, try fly a plane on a video game, you should be able to fly this one. Um, <laughs> the, the only difference is if you crash in this one, it costs you, it hits your pocketbook a little harder. But uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as the technology goes, it's fairly straightforward. It's very user friendly. Um, if you get into the more complicated drones where they're doing uh, geodynamics or if they're doing um, they're they're mapping the land, 3D mapping of the land, then it gets off to a little more complicated. Comfort is a realtor farmland specialist who says drone technology can make a difference. Example, a wet spring, a too wet even for the quad. I couldn't get there with a, even a quad. It was so muddy to get there just because of the time of year. And it was one of those wet years. Um, but in the, so then we had to park on the road and then uh, rather than trucking through the mud with our rubber boots, we got a really good view of the of the whole property, so they can see see if they're getting what they actually what the paperwork says. If uh, if there is just as many cultivated acres as the tax assessment says, and um, the, the buyer ended up liking what he saw, and even though it was a wet year, it was actually the property. Once you got out onto the field, it actually wasn't too bad. So uh, it ended up leading to a sale and. Um, the buyer may not have bought at that point because he wouldn't have had a good view of it otherwise. It's no doubt drone technology is to play an increasing role in the future of farming and farmland transactions. Especially for acreages and farmland, like I said, it's going to get bigger and I think just what everyone's going to have it. I know a lot of our agents at Remax Blue Realty have it. Um, it just got, gives you that extra, that extra verification that what you're buying is actually there. It gives you a really good view of your properties. Um, I could probably start a business selling aerial images of, acre, of acreages if I wanted, if I had the time, uh, just because it's such a good view of the property. Um, and as people get more used to it and the technology uh, gets more user-friendly, you're going to probably see some really high-quality uh, promotional videos for these for your properties. And it just gives a really good showcase for your listers and gives the buyers a really good opportunity to see exactly what they're getting. Scott Comfort lives near Wadena. He's with Yorkton Remax office. Tight supplies of higher quality durum and red spring wheat are being reported in some areas. This means growers will have to carefully assess disease levels in their 2017 seed. John Ippolito, the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Regional Crop Specialist in Kindersley, explains. Spring wheat and derm wheat grown in the past crop year are likely to present challenges when it must be used for seed in the upcoming spring. The level of a fusarium infection is presenting challenges that may become evident in the form of seedling blights as the crops emerge. There is also the challenge of reduced germination that may have resulted from the less than ideal harvest conditions. In terms of fusarium infection for wheat seed, we are recommending that seed with more than 5% fusarium graminarum infection not be used for seed. Seed with lower levels of fusarium graminarum infection can be used for seed, but if the total infection rate from fusarium species exceeds 10%, for sure a seed treatment should be used. It's also important to note that the number of fusarium damaged kernels in a sample is not an indicator of the level of infection and a seed test for disease levels and germination is recommended. Wheatland Conservation Area conducted a study in 2012 to determine the impacts of seed size, seeding rates and the use of seed treatments on derm wheat and spring wheat. They used seed lots with low, medium and high seed weights, two different seeding rates, and either treated the seed or left it untreated. 
there was a significant yield response from both increasing seed size and using seed treatments with both types of wheat. The yield responses to seed treatments were greatest when the low seed weight and low seeding rates were being used. The results of this trial would indicate that seed treatment will provide benefits when we are using lower quality seed in particular. A fact sheet called Cropping Systems Response to Seed Treatment, Seed Size and Density can be found on the AgRARM website. This is John Epolito, Regional Crop Specialist at Kindersley. The Market Update on The Source, 620 CKRM. Grain prices rose or remain unchanged in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $0.05 cents to $469.12. Oats rose $2.64 to $170.46. Number one red spring wheat rose $1.24 to $230.62. The rest were unchanged. Durham at $290.55. Feed barley at $134.14. Flax at $484.55. Yellow peas at $312. And feed wheat at $147.48. The Livestock Report on The Source. 620 CKRM. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 31st. Slaughter cattle have been holding steady from the previous week. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.87 cents to $0.97. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.85. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1 to $1.20. The feeder market was pretty hot last week. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.19 and sold up to $2.41. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.31 and sold up to $2.41. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.21 and sold up to $2.41. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.13 and sold up to $2.26. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.04 and sold up to $2.15. 600 to 650-pound steers averaged $1.94 and sold up to $2.09. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $1.86 and sold up to $1.99. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $1.75 and sold up to $1.86. 800 to 900-pound steers averaged $1.69 and sold up to $1.73. And good steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.56 and sold up to $1.69. 69. Heifers are about 25 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the Hams Market Commentary for Thursday, February 2nd. Hams sold 5,500 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 158 to 160 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 heads, selling in a range of 161 to 163 per CKG. Number one sows delivered to Winnipeg this week will sell in the range of 53 to $71 per CKG live weight. Cash hogs today are called steady, while lean hogs are trading mixed, and the Canadian dollar is up 17 basis points, trading at 0.7686 cents US. Cash hogs yesterday were up $1.25 per hundred weight, while the cutout was down $1.36 per hundred weight. Packer margins are currently estimated at $32 per head black. Although the cutout dropped, the cash will hopefully maintain a steady trend as packer margins are still good and butcher hog supplies are decreasing slightly. Jim Smalley's Agro Weather on the Source 620 CKRM. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast. 
Well, colder weather for Groundhog Day. However, it looks like we're going to have an early spring. Shubinacaddy Sam in Nova Scotia and Wyerton Willing in Ontario both did not see their shadows this morning, predicting what is hopefully an early spring. Sunny today, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, wind becoming west at 20 kilometers an hour, high minus 9. Partly cloudy tonight, becoming clear later this evening, dropping down to a low of minus 21, feeling like minus 29 with the wind chill. Sunny tomorrow, becoming a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon, wind becoming southeast at 20 kilometers an hour, reaching a high of minus 10, feeling like minus 28 with the wind chill. Saturday, a 60% chance of flurries, a high of minus 13. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud, high minus 14, low minus 17. Back, for, back to work Monday, periods of snow, a high of minus 12 and a low of minus 22. In Moose Jaw this hour, it's mainly sunny. The wind is from the west at 22 kilometers an hour. Humidity is at 66%. Pressure is at 103.4 and falling. And they're sitting at minus 10. Here in Regina right now, we're also mainly sunny. The wind is from the northwest at 22 kilometers an hour. Humidity is at 65%. Pressure is at 103.4 as well and falling. And we're sitting at minus 13. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Drew Posty. Good afternoon.